Blog Talk Radio. Thanks for tuning in to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends, one of the most informative and entertaining talk radio shows today. From social issues and trending topics to sex and relationships, no subject is ever taboo. So join us now for Real People, Real Topics, Real Talk. Let's face it. Thank you for tuning in to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. It is Sunday, November 15, 2015, and we're your hosts. I'm Will Strayhorn. And Alicia Brown. How are you doing? I'm, I'm kind of good. I'm You're kind of good. good. That's not good. That's not good. Why I is know, it just kind of? You know, it's kind of for a couple reasons, but especially the situation with Paris. Oh, yeah. And... You yeah. know, and then I thought about that just the day before you had Kenya, and you know, over 140 students that right. were murdered. I know. And I'm just like, you know, it just. I think for so long we're so comforted by the fact that we live in America and this could never happen. Um, but I remember, so we say. As our, so we say. Exactly. Yeah. And that's one of the things our pastor pointed out today. You know, did we forget about 9/11? Right. Or did we forget about, you know, ISIS every time, you know, a lot of the times when they're chopping off, you mm-hmm. know, someone's child's head, that's an American parent, exactly. you know, that just lost their child. So I'm just, I know these are the things the Bible foretold, but I, I just, it, it's just, it's heart-wrenching to just well, think about so many lives at one time that were just slaughtered for no reason. No. So. Yeah, that sort of has me. It's been a lot that's kilter. been going on. I know, right? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, but I hate to ask you now, how was your weekend? I know that didn't, was that what you were thinking about the whole weekend? No, 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 praise yeah. the Lord. Faith is good. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, I uh-huh. had an awesome time <laughs> last night. <laughs> I had an awesome time last night. Um You know, and you know how we are. You always yeah. love it when someone in your network does something and to to be a support. And mm-hmm. Edwina Wilson of Kelly's Choice, oh, yeah. also nonprofit organization, all about caretakers. And what she does, I've never seen anyone else do anywhere, to have an award ceremony that's just for those caretakers, you mm-hmm. know, to honor them, especially those who are not getting paid. And like they said, you know, you either are a caretaker or you don't know one day you might be one. So it was a wonderful event. It, it was a wonderful night and honoring those people that really matter, um, that self, you know, selflessly take care of their loved ones at, at a time of need. So that that was the highlight of the weekend. Exactly. You know what, Edwina Wilson, well, just to go back to Edwina, last year she had a fashion show. And yes. I was um, honored to be the MC for that fashion show. And just to meet her and Look, feel her spirit, um, it was wonderful. Yeah, I can't wait to work with her again, hopefully, this year uh, when she's she produces awesome. the fashion show. Yeah, she is. She is. Um, her whole team was great. Um, but for me, my yes. weekend, what did I do? Um, I really didn't. Uh, another what didn't you do? Un- another uneventful weekend. Um, I had a friend came over. Said. No. <laughs> Friday, I worked till late. Um, Saturday, I met with an old friend. Um, we met in Suffolk at some this restaurant called the Green Bean. 
which is inside of a um, a nursery, actually. So we had lunch, caught up uh-huh. on old times. Um, hadn't seen her since probably a year, um, and wow. we reconnected. And then last night, what did I do? I didn't do anything. I just chilled. So it's been what? a chill weekend for me. Yeah, really has. I'm anticipating decorating my house for Christmas. So for some reason, I'm real hyped up about um, Christmas. Oh, you're one of those. So, okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm one of those. So you know, I That's gotta find nice. me a boo for Christmas, though. I want to be like you. You know what? You, you know what? <laughs> you know what? I think it's time to bring on our co-host. And ask them how their weekend was, because this is about to get into some slippery territory. (laughs) So, um, Danielle, Nate, Liz, how are y'all? How was y'all weekend before Will get himself in trouble? (laughs) It was great. What? What did you do, Nate? Are you in jail? Um, What did I do? Uh, No, I didn't go to jail this weekend, but... Thank you, Lord. I did experience, experience some really... Trauma this weekend. My truck tire blew, and I had to wait all day to get a new tire. Ew! But I, I, it it taught me patience, and it taught me okay. how not to just go off, you know, because I was ready. I was ready, ready to go to back go to off? jail. <laughs> I was ready to go back to jail, but <laughs> I we'll wait. We'll wait for Will to turn his phone off. <laughs> So what makes you think that was mine? <laughs> that defensive answer. Why should it have been the sound effect? <laughs> <laughs> that defensive response you just gave. That's what it is. <laughs> Lie, folks. <laughs> My apologies. Mm-hmm. So, Liz, uh, Danielle, how were your weekends? Uh, my my weekend was a roller coaster. So, uh oh, um, I, I I took it. I got another break for school because I'm working on my LPC for my nonprofit. And what? when it get to the end, you know, you feel like, okay, I'm over school. Why am I signing up for this crazy? What in the world is wrong with me? And I get to the final, and I'm cussing the whole time. I'm completing it, and then well. finally I'm done, and I'm like, praise God. And I just was, like, resting for a day. But then I had to deal with mama stuff. You know, my daughter has um, struggles with mental illness, and she was having some tough times. So I had to step in and be mom for a while. And when she got stable, I was trying to educate someone, um, another sister, about how um, it is you don't want to be discriminated against if you discriminate against others. And I realized that there's a space where you need to just stop. So if they're not going to listen and take mm. in what you're saying, stop wasting yeah. your time. Because I'm getting to a place of I'm going to lay down. Oh, there you are. There you are. You're about to preach. <laughs> go on, girl. Give it the mic. But I Let her go. But I stopped. I stopped. I said, Lord, you, you deal with her because we, we're not going to go there tonight. Thank and, you. Uh, yeah. You can't go to so, jail with Nate. Yeah, so so I, I made it all back around, and I'm excited for tonight's show and some positivity. Yeah. Yes, yes, awesome yes. so women that there in the yard. Okay, and Liz, um, you know, me and Will have been in sync lately. I don't know, right. God, nonchalant weekend. Like, oh, Lord. yesterday I got in some boo time. 
And okay. you know, today, today I went to an inclusive church for the first time, mm-hmm. and it was very interesting to say the least. Uh-oh. Um, and then I watched this movie. You guys have, if you have Netflix, and if you don't, I'll send you guys my account information. You have to watch <laughs> Beast of No Nation. Oh my gosh, Beast of No Nation. Such a good movie. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to get why this church was interesting. You know, it was interesting because, I don't know, growing up a PK, I'm very, I don't want to say I'm judgmental of church services, but I'm just Mm -hmm. used to a certain type of service. And it was, Uh, I mean, it wasn't bad. It was just different. It was very different. Um, They did communion today, and I've never seen communion done like that. And afterwards, the pastor came to me. I don't know if she thought I was offended or what. She was just like, you know, if you ever come back, you can't have communion with us. And I was like, no, it wasn't that I didn't want to have communion. It was just that, you know, when I go to a church for the first time, I like to be observant. You know, I want to see what's going on, see how you do right. things. And it was it was just different. It was, a, it was a different experience. It wasn't a bad experience. It was just different. That's wonderful. Okay, you guys, I have a confession. I wanted to. Oh, um, Lord. I wanted to mm-hmm. get through it before I said anything about it. I don't know if I said anything to you, Alicia, or not. But um, remember a couple of weeks ago, Chuck was on, my life coach was on, and mm-hmm. I don't think we discussed it, but I think I had mentioned to you that he had me enrolled um, for training. And I just, com- I wanted to tell you that I just completed my foundational training um, at the Christian um, Leadership Institute. So I've been doing that for like the past month, a little bit over a month. And I, I wanted to get through this to make sure it was something that I wanted to do, but I just finished it on Friday night. Um, so next week I will we'll be in contact with my advisor and we'll go over the um, the whole course curriculum and everything. So I'm started to see, you know, I'm excited to see what's going to come from this. But it was Chuck thought me... I needed to go mm-hmm. through it. Be quiet, Alicia. You about to make me stop this programming for a praise break. What? <laughs> <laughs> Won't he do yeah. it? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah. Well, we have a letter that somebody wrote in, right, Alicia? Yeah, we do. I mean, you should have shared that after the letter because I, <laughs> I can't focus. But, okay, let me let me go ahead with the letter. It starts out by saying, my question is this. My younger brother's wife, despite my being polite and welcoming to her, goes out of her way to be rude and stank as far as I am concerned. I have at least a decade on her. She will speak to everyone except me, meaning my husband, my in-laws, etc., even going as far as ignoring me in my own house during kids' parties. When I speak to her, she asks us if she didn't hear me or is very short or nonchalant in reply. I once approached her in her car and asked if anything was wrong or had I done something to upset her, and she replied with, what are you talking about? I don't treat you any different than anyone else and walked away. How would you handle this? A friend, who I'm cordial with but not close to, told me that my brother is likely bad-mouthing me to her. Hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. Oh, interesting. I know what I got to say, but I'm trying to <laughs> let y'all respond first. Um, hmm. You know what? That's funny because there are some people in my family not in my immediate family, but like going okay. home for fat family gatherings. There are certain people 
whom I can tell don't have, especially when I was in a relationship, could tell that, you know, they, they didn't care too much for me or for us. And I basically mm-hmm. avoid them. I, just, I mean, not necessarily even avoid them. They're the ones uncomfortable, not me. So I really right. don't um, water down my experience or um, neglect speaking to people who may be in their family. I basically ignore them. Because um, you really wow. can't force anybody to like you. You can't enforce um, your kindness on people. You just basically ignore them and let them sit in misery. Because they're the ones upset. Everybody else around them is, you know, we're having a good time and laughing. Mm-hmm. And pretty much I think because of this person that I'm, that I'm speaking of, because of his insecurity, he has a problem with me. Um, mm-hmm. and that's, his, that's his problem, not mine. So I, I would give her the same advice, ignore. Well, for me, I just feel like, you know, this is one of the cases where I tell people the whys don't matter. Um, the reality is everybody's not going to like you. Um, as wonderful, as exquisite, as a, much of a gift you're, you are, you are not for everybody. That's every single right. person alive. So, right. And I don't necessarily say your brother was the one that was bad-mouthing you to his wife. He could have been. But my thing is, you know, once you give that opportunity to clear the air you approach the person saying, hey, you know, have I done something? What's the problem? You're trying to give that opportunity to air it out. When they tell you, you ain't done nothing, or I don't know what you're talking about, that's, that's the end of it. I can't do anything else. And like you said, I can't force you to like me. So to me, I would continue doing what she's doing. You know, don't go out your way to exclude her, include her like you always have at, at, at you know, party functions and family gatherings. But you just know she doesn't like you. So she's right. going to treat you a certain way. She's going to be rude. You continue to be kind. Continue to treat her like you would anyone else. And roll with the punches because the ball's in her court. Oh, that's so sweet, Alicia. I knew you were coming. <laughs> I knew you were coming. Sweet. <laughs> uh, but what we're not going to do is come to my house with my babies on a birthday party, and I, I speak to you, and you don't speak back. So... <laughs> She's coming with your brother. She coming with your brother. I mean, you, you can't tell her, him to come and she not to come. You, you, you walked in my door, boo. We Uh-oh. having a birthday party. I said hello. I'm expecting right. a hello back. And exactly. I'm not going to allow you to walk up in here without that hello oh. back. Oh, brother like or not, boo. <laughs> because you're not going to disrespect my house in uh-huh. that way. Now, if I came to you like she did and I asked you, do we have an issue? And you say everything is fine, then that means when you come in my house, you don't right. speak because everything right. is fine. And right. if my brother <laughs> says something to you that you don't like, we need to address it and move but past it. If we're not gonna, if you're gonna address it, you're gonna speak <laughs> when you come in my door because I can be I can be respectful of you, but you have to be respectful right. of me. And I right. think it's very disrespectful. In those environments, there are people that I don't like, but I will speak to them, family law, in-laws, family. Even if I feel some type of way about them, I'm going to speak because that's just a sign of respect. That don't mean we have to sit down and and talk about our day and and Uh we don't got to do all of that. But it's a form of disrespect. And what I got from the letter is she's just blatantly disrespectful to her no matter Uh how much she is trying and that's not something that I, I could sit back and allow someone to continue to do. So every time you do it, I'm going to check you. All right, boo. Oh. All right. We're going to say hello. And then you can go sit in your corner and be upset. We're going to say hello. Right. Oh. I just want to know. Well, I'm going to read the because I want to hear it. 
<laughs> so just to recap what Danielle was saying <laughs> is you have to know when to hold them. <laughs> See, here we go. Here we go. Know when to walk away and know when to put a bitch on the run. <laughs> you know what? I don't think that's how the song went, but all right. <laughs> that must be the remix. Okay. Oh, Nate. Yeah, that's why he keep going to jail. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now you see why. Yeah. Liz. Help, Lord. Well, I have a little brother, and I wish any of his little hoes would okay. try that with me. Because I'm going to go to my brother and ask him what, what, what her problem is, and I'm going to ask him why he thought it was okay to bring her over here. Uh-oh. And he knows she got a problem because you know how I am. And then if I got a problem, my sister going to have a problem. So it's, it's going to be a big family issue. A big so issue. It'll be in her best interest <laughs> to go ahead and fake it till she make it. And as soon as she leave my driveway, she can feel however she want to feel. Oh, my God. I like y'all. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my. Oh, me. But she can okay, try it. Then. All right. That's been very enlightening. So yes. I'm going to let what? the listeners go ahead. No, I just want to, uh, I'm excited about the show. I'm excited yes. about the show. Yes. A lot of people, you know, a lot of people that I have watched, um, some of the people I've watched de- grow, develop. Um, and then we have some oh. seasoned people coming on the show. Uh, and I just want to let everybody know that this was actually produced by our very own Mr. Nathan Whitfield. Nate, you did a good yes. job. Yes, you good better job. work, How Nate. How was it getting it together, Nate? How was it? Applause, was it please. Easy? <laughs> was it easy? Was it hard? Hey, yes. you know what's so funny was the concept it, when I first came up with the idea, when you first came to us about a show, um, I was battling between what I wanted to do because I wanted to keep the show in the um, perspective what, of mm. what you, your vision is for our for the show, and it was it wasn't we had went to the Archie Awards, and one of the largest categories I believe was Woman on the Rise. Mm-hmm. It was just a whole list of women that has done exceptional things, and Will and I were adjudicators for the. Um, event, yeah. The event, and it was a hard choice. It was a hard decision to make, and you know, reading everyone's credentials, but then not just looking at their credentials, but actually going out and seeing what they've done. Yeah. I mean, it was just phenomenal that each one of these women should deserve. So then I thought about is so many other women that you know that were not a part of this show. Right. Mm-hmm. That I wanted to ha- highlight that I thought were movers and shakers in our area, and I think that I have put together a group of women. Oh, I'm just excited. We did Will and I did an interview of one of the guests, and it was just like amazing, and it just set the tone for me. So I'm very excited about what's about to go on tonight. Yes. So. And especially to have our very own Alicia Brown as one of my... Yes! yes. Don't y'all start, because I'm ready to cry on that one. I've been ready to cry ever since I saw my name up there. So I'm, I'm trying to hold it together and be a professional and interview everybody and be all right. And then ask surprise when, you know, y'all bring me on. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. But with that, I'm going to say this. For all the wonderful women that we have coming on, if you are listening, if you're listening via the web, 
please call in one seven one three nine five five zero seven nine three because all of these women have different businesses different visions and missions, and you're going to want to ask them questions. But we're going to pause for a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we are going to start off with our Women on the Rise show with a phenomenal woman. And I'm I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not going to say anything. We're just going to take a quick commercial, and we'll be right back. Every child needs a place, a place to call home. To call home. Every child needs a place. Where they can grow up healthy. And learn. And be safe. Safe. A place where they can play. And dream. And plan for their future. In the Habitat House, my parents helped build. In the Habitat House, my daddy helped build. My parents. My mommy. My mommy and daddy. I study. I grow. I learn. I live. A house. A health. A health. A chance. A future. A house. A chance. A future. Are all in your hands. Your support can help put a decent roof over the heads of a family like mine. Like mine. Like mine. To learn how you can help, visit Habitat.org. I'm a firefighter. A teacher. I'm a farmer. I'm a barber. A waitress. A mom. We're all part of your community. Every day we move in and out of each other's busy lives. It's easy to take for granted all the little moments that make up our everyday. Some are good, others not so much. But that's life. It's when you experience a moment of uncertainty. Something or someone's behavior that doesn't seem quite right. These are the moments to take a pause. Because if something doesn't feel right, it's probably not. It's not about paranoia. Or being afraid. It's about standing up and protecting our communities. One detail at a time. Because a lot of little details can become a pattern. We. 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 We trust our instincts. Just like you should. Because only you know what's not supposed to be in your everyday. So protect your everyday. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. Hello there, this is Nat King Cole, wishing you all a happy and a Merry Christmas. The joy of living is in the giving, so let's give lots of toys for tots, toys, toys, toys for tots, some have too many, some haven't any. If those who have, give those who haven't. Oh, what a Christmas day. The Marine Reserve will help you, will help you fill your sleigh with lots and lots of toys for tots. So give a little toy today. Since 1947, the United States Marine Corps has been helping Santa fill his sleigh, making happier holidays for deserving children right in your community. Go to toysfortots.org and learn how you can make a difference.
Welcome back to Let's Face It. Our first guest is the creator of an innovative agency called the Iconic Group LLC. I love that name, um, which is based on the founding principle of integrating consistent opportunity using nostalgia, innovation, and cultivation. Please help me welcome to the show Miss Pamela Jones. How are you, Pamela? Hi. I'm so excited to be here. How are you guys? We are Wonderful. happy to have you here. Happy to have you here. <laughs> Thank you. So so how did you get started in the branding business? Okay. So getting started in branding, I mean, the background is pretty intense. So first off, I'm from Portsmouth, Virginia. I'm from, okay. this is my hometown. This is where I'm from. Um Opportunity really came when I started to think outside of the box, so to speak. Um, I grew up dancing with Gail Hart um, in Portsmouth. I did tons of shows, dancing, modeling, just staying busy in the creative world. Didn't really put two and two together. Of course, I, I wanted to be a dancer. I wanted to continue the Broadway and things of that nature, but... When I got to Norfolk State, I joined Hot Ice um, with the Norfolk State <laughs> Spartan Legion Marketing. All right. Um, yeah. All right. right. All right. I, had, I got a plug Spartan Legion. So I was with the Spartan Legion my freshman year, and um, I got kicked off campus, y'all. I oh. really, my GPA was so low, they didn't want to give me financial aid. So I went a semester with, I know, right? It was It was daunting. Like, you have no idea. I was like, how is I going to go back to school, and how is I going to stay with the band? I was like, what am I going to do? Because my family taught me better, but I was being hard-headed. So I actually had an opportunity given to me from Ms. Teresita Sass. I call her my NSU angel. But um, she's no longer with the university. How She went to Connecticut a couple of months ago. But I got an email. Well, not an email. <clears throat> I got a postal mail from the Board of Visitors to come to a meeting and to basically um, hear what they had to say. They saw something in me, and they wanted me to listen to what they have to say at this meeting. Now, I don't know what's going on. Mind you, I wasn't in school. I'm just begging to at least get somebody to talk to me at Norfolk State so I can get back in school just to continue doing what I was doing. Of course, I'm like, I'll be a good girl from now on. <laughs> I get to the, I, you know, I'm like pleading. So I get to the university. There's like six other students in the room, and I, Miss Sass is there. The board of visitors is there, and you know, I don't usually go to this part of the university. I mean, this is the the highlight of the actual financial aid building. It's the boardroom, so you know, it looks very serious. So I'm super nervous. They basically, they basically told me that they were going to pay for me to go back to school. Mm-hmm. Um, through a star bridge program that if we give to you, you'll eventually give back to the university. Now I'm like, this can't be real. Cause I've never heard of this before. I don't know who you people are. And if you know, what do I got to pay? Do I have to sign something? Do I owe you back? Absolutely not. The only thing they asked for was for me to go to summer school, ace my classes. And I had four classes that summer. I had two, one summer, um, two, one break, and then two, another. I went back to school. They paid for my classes. They paid for my books. I got my financial aid back, and Norfolk State did that for me. Now, I don't know if they still do it. However, this was 2004, and Norfolk State did that for me. 
So now I'm like, okay, now I have to go hard. I have no choice yeah. but to go hard. I've never really mm-hmm. had nobody believe in me the way that the Board of Visitors believed in me, especially Miss Terry the Sass, who I will always call my NSU angel because she didn't have to invite me back or pick my name out from thousands of kids to come back. So, with that being said, you know, I get back to school, and I'm just excited to be there. I ace my classes. I'm like, let me just get these A's. With that being said, you know, I'm just like, okay, let me stay focused because this is thousands of dollars the university has put on me, and I'm not sure what they expect, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to try to give my all. So, I eventually, um, you know, I, I, I did what I had to do with the classes, and went to summer school, aced them, got back in school, and I decided to contact the Portsmouth um, alumni chapter for Norfolk State because there was an opportunity to go to New York. And to get mm-hmm. to New York, it cost about four hundred, about $400. It was a New York trip for a couple of days. And, you you know, you talk to different companies, different stakeholders and different businesses, and it was just an opportunity for me to get out of Portsmouth and to do something big. So I went there, the uh, uh, Portsmouth alumni paid for half of the trip, and I went to New York, and I just, I just, I did so well. I did well, and it was just because I had resumes in my backpack. I literally got to New York. I was on the street passing out resumes anywhere that we went. I was just grinding because I needed to do what I needed to do. Right. So um, I got on TRL twice. Once one episode was with Britney Spears and she was divorcing the guy Kevin, and so I, because I passed them a resume, they were on the street looking for people in the audience. So I was like, okay, we'll go. And, you know, I just wanted to go to MTV. And then um, the next day, and then and got I danced during commercial break. I danced to um, Beyonce, Crazy in Love during commercial break, and they invited me back the next day. Right. Wow. So they were like, you know, they handed me like these Willy Wonka golden tickets and was like, you know, you did so well, like you got to meet Beyonce tomorrow. I'm like, what? Beyonce's going to be here tomorrow? That's crazy. So me and like six other girls got invited back the next day. So I went on TRL twice. We're sitting right in the front. And, you know, I meet Beyonce and I meet her mom. And I'm just like, this is crazy. All off of stepping out on faith. And, and just wanted to do something different. And being prepared okay. as well. Oh, your resume, but, you know, yeah. Yeah, handing out resumes, you know, that's raw. That's raw. Yeah. You, when you got resumes in your backpack, that's, you can't fake that. That's like, <laughs> here it is. Like, what else do you need? Hire me right now. So, right. you know, I met Beyonce. She was amazing and generous and sweet. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, there's, there's a market for me here. There's something yeah. for me here. So, um. I went back home, and I was like, all right, you know, what can I do? I got hired as a Virginian pilot. I talked my way in that position as well. Um, <laughs> that was a good experience for me. That's when I realized what marketing is, the difference between marketing and advertising. So yeah. that was a growth position for me. I graduated from Norfolk State. I said my thank yous to the university. I said I'm going to make you, I'm gonna make you happy, I promise. And um, from that point on, um, I started to work in the marketing advertising field. I did that summer – I interned at MTV in television production, and I did that on Tuesdays and Thursdays in New York City. And then on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I interned at Sony Columbia Records in publicity. So I don't know what kind of grind that was. I don't know really what I was thinking, but I did it. I lived in Harlem. I had a room on 116th and Lenox, 
I had two internships at Sony and MTV, and I just was grinding throughout the week, just trying to build my resume. I said, you know, I wasn't going to go back to Portsmouth with nothing. That's right. not what I'm going to do. You know, I'm 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 going to try to deliver as much as I can. At the end of my internship with Sony, I did an intern mixer, and I was the first intern to actually bring interns together from different labels, your Zamba, your Epic, your Columbia. Everybody that was under Sony was invited to the mixer. I had Matthew Knowles speak for an hour. Matthew Knowles was then, who is still with Columbia Records. Matthew Knowles had an office across from my intern desk. So, of course, I'm going to ask him to, like, participate if I can. So, Matthew Knowles, Beyonce's dad, spoke for an hour to the interns, and everyone was empowered and great. I had Sony pay for the the whole thing. I had to put it on. I had to put a proposal together. But anyway, it all worked out. And, you know, we're interns working for free at a major record label, and we had we left with, like, grapes and brownies and cookies and sodas. Everybody was on tears. So we all started. So, you know, it was a good experience. And, and I have to tell that story because that's how I realized that the light bulb has changed. And that's when I realized, you know what, there's something here that I'm creating. I'm not quite sure what it is. Years go by. I'm at, uh, I'm at a television company um, in Norfolk. I'll just say a television company in Norfolk. And I have the opportunity to be a television account executive where I'm working with customers. I'm working with my clients to build their television commercials okay so mind you i'm a television production major from norfolk state a lot of my clients and what you'll see in a lot of our local commercials is that they lack creative strategy they lack quality and it was hard for me to kind of deal with that and have my clients go and have their commercials they paying thousands of dollars for and Mm -hmm. it's just not working so one of my clients pulled me aside and was like, you're really passionate about making my commercial so a hit. And I'm like, absolutely. Like, before television, I mean, before um, account executive advertising and marketing, you know, I'm a television major, so of course I want it to be high quality. He said, well, why don't you actually create a business? And I didn't know what to call it. I'm like, okay, what, what kind of business is that? Advertising agency? I don't, how do you, how do you start this? So I basically took, Everything that I've grown up with, my dancing, my modeling, television production, publicity, working in advertising and radio news, radio newspaper, and um, television, and just bottling this up into a creative agency. Now, I had to really manufacture what was the word I'm looking for, and it came, and it came out as branding. And that's why I created the the iconic group because it is important that I teach, I educate people on the importance of branding, and then yeah. I show them how to brand, and it just it just rolled on ever since. So that's how I got started with branding. And Pamela, I wanted to ask you about that um, because uh-huh. you had an event, a, a workshop, brilliance, beauty, and branding, a marketing right. and leadership workshop. It turned Uh out to be a successful event for women. How Uh do you plan to continue to inspire and develop that progressive woman? You know, the progressive woman is someone um, who I admire deeply. And ever since I started working in the corporate environment and ever since I started understanding how business works, I I came across several women that 
have dreams but are so afraid to attack them. They're so afraid to conquer them. They're, yes. you know, they're, they're, they feel kind of um, boxed in and scared to make that jump. And all my life, I've always made that jump. So I've, I've, I just wanted to give and, and instill and empower to women not to be scared to make this jump, whatever it is, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're a working professional, whether you're a stay-at-home mom, whatever it is that you want to do, there's a strategy and there's creativity that's behind that. Brilliance, beauty, and branding was something that, you know, it was just a jump for me. I'm like, you know, I have women that I'm communicating with, and let's go ahead and let's go ahead and just put something together. I had it at Town Bank on the second floor in a boardroom. I put together a program, decorated it a little bit, and, you know, it was free. And it was basically teaching women how to market, how to brand, more importantly, and Mm -hmm. how to maintain leadership um, in their their surrounding fields. And let's talk about about digital. Let's talk about why people Mm. are scared to be online. You know, what is it that you need to know? And, you know, there's so many changes that's happening in the digital world. I definitely just wanted to let them know that, you know, you're capable of doing this. It was was sponsored by Dell and Microsoft. I gave away a tablet. I had Microsoft come and do a small digital presentation on the best ways to handle Microsoft software and how you can instill that into your own branding and marketing at home. It was amazing, I, and I and I'm very thankful that I was able to put something together that was on the verge of um, that year, 2015. I want to stay on the verge. I never want to go back. I want to continue to be on the edge of innovation. So it was a good, exactly. good, good All right. And Pam, that's one of the reasons why I needed you to be on my show today because you are definitely a woman on the rise. And I just want to know how does <laughs> How do you define being a woman on the rise as a business owner? And what did it mean to you to be nominated amongst such great women for such an award at the Archie Magazine? You know, honestly, I I didn't know many of the people that were I was nominated against. And to be honest, this was a very new world for me because I had my university people that I knew and kind of, you know, my 30 and under crowd, I wasn't really fully aware of the people I was nominated against. However, when I did my research, I realized who I was nominated against, why I was nominated against them, and what Achi stood for and how monumental their footsteps were in the community and surpassing. I was just thankful that my name was up there. I'm like, this this is kind of cool. I'm like, you know, it just shows, you know, I'm just like, there's Pamela Jones. Like, wow, that's me. And, you know, to to develop something that you're so passionate about and, you know, buying your LLC and, you know, grinding out here just trying to do what you need to do to develop your business model to get people to understand what you're doing and to also educate on what branding is and how important it is. Because a lot of people here don't understand branding. It's kind of like a a Madison Avenue, New York term. And mind you, because I was coming from New York, it was kind of like I need you guys to think on a, on a higher level on why this is so serious and how important it is to your business. So bottling all of that and just being able to get some type of recognition for innovation in business, Absolutely. I'm like, my name's on the list. 
Okay. <laughs> my name's on the list. Uh, you know, be careful what I do next year. My name's exactly. on the list. I just wanna I wanna move forward. You know what I mean? And and so it's exciting. Yeah. It's exciting and I'm just thankful that the opportunity was there. That's awesome. So how can our listeners keep in contact with you? I would say number one, go to www.thebrandingicon.com. It's a new site, and I did it myself. I'm not a graphic designer, but I like to look dab into a little digital world. And I have um, thebrandingicon.com, and I have the branding icon on Instagram, the branding icon on Facebook, the branding icon. I'm sorry, the branding icon on Pinterest. These are kind of my three worlds, and. Okay. Um, and I try to stay as on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest as I can. And um, I'm there, but most importantly, thebrandonicon.com. Okay. Well, Pam, I tell you, I am so happy that you accepted this call on today to be yeah. on Thank a guest on our show. Um, and definitely, we're going to definitely have you back because we believe in branding, we understand it, um, and we believe in your work. So yeah. we just thank want to say you. thank That's you. That's so awesome. And definitely you will hear from us, us again, okay? Yes. I love it. I love it. You guys have a good night. You guys are a bunch of fun. I'll be listening. Oh, you will. Thank you. Will, you will, too. <laughs> All right, y'all have a good night. You too. Good night. Bye. Wow. Well, that was That's the first funny. good kickoff, right? Yes. Good information. So now we're going to take a quick commercial break. And we'll be back with our second guest on Let's Face It Radio Station. Stay tuned. They just told us right away that we're going to house you, we're going to feed you, and every single one of his medical bills is just all taken care of. They've saved my family from financial ruin. It allowed me and my wife both to focus on the most important thing, which was the health and well-being of our son. We have phenomenal research, outstanding clinical care, and the generosity of public, which allow us to treat patients regardless of what it takes. And that's what makes St. Jude so magical. At St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, families never receive a bill for treatment, travel, housing, or food, because the only thing a family should worry about is helping their child live. Doctors send us the toughest cases to be treated at St. Jude, and our patients come from all over the world. When we come here, they told me, don't worry, everything will be taken care of. We could never repay St. Jude for what they've given us. Because of you. Gracias a ti. Because of you. There is St. Jude. Welcome back to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. I'm very pleased to welcome my next guest to the show this evening. Her name is Nikki Clark. She's the Executive Director of International Junior Men's Scholarship Pageantry System. Welcome to the show, Nikki. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. So tell us, who are you as a woman? Oh, wow. <laughs> well, as a woman, um, I'm, I'm a lot of things. Um, I'm first, um, 
a wife and mother, um, a God-fearing wife and mother, and um, I'm a businesswoman. Awesome. So, Nikki, as an entrepreneur, this is Will, as an entrepreneur, what are, what have been some of your greatest, let's say, challenges in the business? Because we all know that for so long men dominated the industry um, or the business sector, and now a lot of strong women are stepping forward. What, what have been some of your biggest challenges? Well, I can tell you, and um, and I and I hate to say this and hate to sound cliche, but um, it is a fact. It's it's very true. When um, when women take a position in business, and when we are at the top of um, of our game, and when we're running things, it's harder for us to be tough and strong without being considered not you know for us not to be considered as friendly. You know, it's it's hard because when when we're when we stand by um, our grounds and stick to our guns and we're strong, then we get called names, very yeah. not very nice names. Yeah. But when men do it, then they're powerful. When women do it, we get called again those bad names. Exactly. That's very you know, tough. That, for that's us. a very good observation, and I it guess really you're is. right. You're right. Yeah. Mhm. Mhm. So Nikki, tell I mean, don't listeners. Get me wrong. What were you saying? Go I'm, ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, what, no, what I'm saying is, don't get me wrong. I know that there's an opportunity to be tough and strong as a woman and not be mean and not be, you know, uh, and a lot of women are not mean. But again, if you're strong and if you're stern and if you're to the point, um, people want to see women be a little more friendlier. We're judged differently as well, too. We're also judged on our appearance as well as men. I mean, don't get me wrong. You do want to see um, your leaders put together or you you want to see them um, exemplifying what you think that they should be. But for the most part, again, women are judged differently than men, if if I have to be truly honest. Right. Exactly. And, and you know what, that's a good um, observation as well, because I've been in the room with you when you had to run business, and I've stepped back yes. and I was like, wow. You know, <laughs> Nikki Clark and Oprah Winfrey, they, they run business. So exactly. let me ask a question. Well, is, and well, you know that I am nice and friendly. You are. You are. When you need things done, people don't respond to nice and friendly. I mean, you know, I I do know some people have the personality they can be nice and friendly, and they can they can get their points across with um you know with all the sugar and honey that's possible. But you know, it also plays to different people having different personalities. Right. But you know, um, for me. Um, my nice and friendly is a little bit different. You know, I am. I do let my hair down. Um, I do want to be fair. That's the most important thing. You know, okay. I have to a lot of times sit back and say, am I being fair? You know, um, I don't know if you've ever had an opportunity to watch the Beyonce's um, documentary um, on the cable network. don't I know did. if I'm able to say that network. But, yes, I um, <laughs> Okay, well, she um, – one thing that she said that I found was important, and I had, it was my aha moment in being a businesswoman, she was talking about her father and how she used to feel like her father was being mean or, or not um, treating people friendly or, or what, what, what have you, being polite. And the thing that she said is she learned from him, when you're being polite to other people, in some cases, you're not being fair to yourself. 
And I realized that and had to take that in because a lot of times we do, we try to be polite as women. It's our nature. We're mothering. We don't want people not to like us. That's another thing that we um, may worry about more than um, men. And I'm not saying all women, but a lot of times we do worry about people liking us. And we're being polite or when you are polite and not in not being rude. So let me be clear, you know, but try not to offend someone else because they want it this way or they feel this way about something. Are you really being fair to yourself and your principles and what you stand for and how hard you work to make a situation the way it is? So, again, that said a lot to me, and and I kind of took that in when I heard it. Um, And with all that said, I do feel like we should still be respectful of people, even though we do sometimes have to put our foot down. Right. Exactly. So, Nikki, explain to our listeners exactly what is International Junior Miss Pageantry System. Yes. Um, It's a program for girls 4 to 24 that come from all over the um, the world to compete at our international program, which um, has been in Virginia Beach for the past three years and will be returning to Virginia Beach in July. Um, It's a program, we're called a natural system. And what that means in the terms of pageantry is that um, the younger girls, they don't wear um, dresses and makeup that's going to make them look too much older than they are. Now, you know, this year, this past year, we did add a little bit touch of makeup under, um, I'm sorry, for the younger girls, and that's only for stage. But for interview, when they're sitting face-to-face to the, to the judges, they should not wear any heavy makeup. I mean, they should not wear any makeup at all. They should not wear any heavy makeup on stage, but... As you know, also, we've been televised for the past two years, so the reason that we did start allowing them to wear makeup on stage is because the lights are heavy and they'll wash out under the stage. I mean, we even know that if we're talking about women and men, too, again, men even wear makeup on television just because, you know, the the lights will wash you out. But for the most part, we're known as a natural pageant system. Um, We travel all around the world with our international winners, and uh, we provide thousands of dollars in scholarships each year. Awesome. So, so Nikki, a lot of people who've seen or, or have their only impression from about pageants is from, like, watching the toddlers and tiaras. So International Junior Miss is not like that. You say it's a natural system. So in your system, what does it do for the girls? What What is their benefit as far as um, edifying oh. and lifting them up? What, what do you do for your girls? And what is doing your type pageant? Oh, absolutely. We um, we have competitions on the state level um, and the national level in some countries. And what happens is when they win the state level and the international level, um, I'm sorry, the national level, they are grouped with their state directors that help them get prepared and uh, for the national competition or the international competition. But before they even do that, um, it's a team building effort. When they come to the state competitions, we have fun. It's just not about competing in a pageant. We have a lot of fun. We have um, pajama parties. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have community service events. Last year, we filled the orchestra pit with things for the Ronald McDonald House, oh, as, wow. as well as giving them donations for um, gift card donations for those families that are at the Ronald McDonald House caring for their young kids. Um, we also have a lot of volunteer service opportunities within their state where, um, for example, we do um, clean up at the Ronald McDonald House. We go to food banks. Um, 
we volunteer for breast cancer research. There's a lot of different things that the girls do. It's also a part of one of the competitions at the on the state level and international level. We have a volunteer service and academic achievement uh, competition. So the girls are awarded for their academics as well as the community service that they do. Awesome. So they learn self-esteem. It sounds like they learn self-esteem, how to give back. It's not just about being self-absorbed, but about giving back to your community as well. Exactly. Well, like. yeah. Well, let's talk about self-esteem for a moment. Okay. Because, um, and this is just, again, really getting down to the truth of it. Because um, I hear a lot of people talk about different girls, and there's girls that some people may find or may call facially beautiful, and then there are some girls that may not be what society thinks is facially beautiful or um body beautiful as other girls and you know and I get asked this probably once or twice a year why do you allow those girls to compete and you know and I had to really think about this a long long time ago when I was um when I was just a spectator you know girls that have image problems that can get on stage and do a pageant it's it's giving them an opportunity to belong to something because a lot of times those same girls don't fit in at school. But if they can come in and fit in within the sisterhood of pageantry, then they're getting something out of this way more than any of the winners get out of it. You know, the winners walk away with a lot of prizes, um, trips and cash and things like that, which is great. Mm -hmm. But when you have a girl that may have body image, um, image issues or anything like that, that can come there and spend the week with us at internationals mm-hmm. and feel like she's beautiful and she can get on stage and she can walk and she can strut her stuff and she can model and she can talk in front of those judges. You know, that's self-esteem. That's what we're building. That's the most important thing in pageantry. I'm going to tell you, from the little girl that's four years old all the way to 24, can you imagine four-year-olds, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds sitting in front of a panel of judges, talking to them and having a conversation, sitting there in their little dresses, being respectful and having a conversation to carry on with an adult, being polite. You know, that's Mm -hmm. kind of missing in our world today. And um, we actually feel like pageantry is like the finishing school of today, like what girls used to go to back in the day. Now they can come and be a part of pageantry, and they get that sense of refinement and um, how to act and um, how to be positive women in our society. Right. Wow. You know, Nate and I will be backstage because, you know, we've done makeup for it for, for the past couple of years. And we're mm-hmm. just blown away at the maturity of these girls and how polite exactly. they are. And even if they don't win, people, the little girls consoling other girls who are having a hard time taking it. We're like, this is not what I thought, you know, pageant, from what we see on TV, this is not how we exactly. thought pageantry was. So we're really impressed with how you run your pageantry system. Yes. Excellent. Why, thank you. And as Will said, you know, we have had the pleasure of being backstage and watching firsthand exactly how this show go off in an extraordinary way. So what was your inspiration behind beginning such a pageantry system? Well, I used to compete back when I was in high school, and um, and I had a great time in the systems that I participated in. It was wonderful. But as I got older, I just felt like there were some things that I wanted to contribute to the world of pageantry, and I am definitely a put-up-or-shut-up person. I am one of those people that I will not complain about something if I can't do it myself because, you know, we're also in a world where 
um, a lot of people tend to pick apart and complain about everything everybody else is doing, but don't step up and take the responsibility to do it themselves. Exactly. So that was me. I thought that I can do a good job at it, so um, I tried to put my best foot forward. I think it's working. And we decided to start International Junior Mess. Awesome. And how long? How old are you? The the the, the pageantry system. Eight years. I thought you were saying, "How old am I?" No, 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 no. no. I, that's why I had to quickly. I had to quickly correct myself. I had to quickly no, correct but, myself. No, no, it's fine because I, I I am so happy to say that I am in my forties. I yes. am going to be forty-one. Yes. Next it, week. Oh my God! Next week I'll be forty-one. Congratulations. Eight years. <laughs> I, I I embrace my age. I think it comes with a lot of um, maturity. But yeah. um, eight eight years we've been um, around for eight years. We're going into our eighth year now. We wow. started in two thousand eight. And we know that IJM was recently ranked in the top ten pageantry um, international pageantry systems in the entire world. So congratulations yes. on that. What does that mean to you, someone who's well, so young? Done so much, uh-huh. and you've inspired. We, you're all over Facebook. Everybody loves Miss Nikki. We hear Miss Nikki, Miss Nikki all the time. What does that mean to you to be ranked number ten in the top ten in the entire world? Well, um, and actually, I was able to um, to just go onto the site and look at some of the the young the um, pageant systems that we were ranked with. Mm-hmm. We were actually number six for the um, international pageants, and that's behind Miss Universe. And Miss World, so we were wow. so excited. And Miss International, Miss International was held in, um, started in 1960, and um, Miss Universe and Miss World, you know, they are they have years and years and years of experience behind them, and of course national television. So when we got um, the news that we were in the top ten. We were very excited that you know that we were able to do that. I believe that we might even be the youngest pageant system um, in that grouping. So I'm, I'm very excited about that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So Nikki, how can a girl become Miss International Junior Miss? What the, how does she start well, to become Miss International Junior Miss? Well, first, um, she can start by going to our website, which is um, internationaljuniormiss.com, and it's all spelled out, internationaljuniormiss.com. And then mm-hmm. under um, uh, the, the link pageants, click on her state and get registered for her state pageant. Okay. And um, after competing at state, she will get information to advance to the international finals. Awesome. Mm-hmm. That's great. And so in... I know you said you have the international. So once they win a state, they will then go on to compete in the international. The international is held once a year, correct? Correct. It is for 2016. It is July 18th through 23rd in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Awesome. Awesome. So what's next for IJM? What are are your plans? We see you posting all the time. You're always doing something new and innovative. (laughs) gets all the girls excited. What's next? What can you share with us? Well, our 10th year anniversary is coming up in two years, and um, after this year, we've been saying it's going to be so big, it's taken us two years to plan it. And I just can't give anything away right now, but okay. if if you knew what we were giving away in 2010, it's going to blow everybody away. We're, we're beyond uh, excited. Right now, we counted the number of girls that we have registered 
for internationals for 2016, and we were at 309 this year, um, right now, and it's only um, November, and we have a few months to go. So I think we're going to have a really good group uh, this year, um, and we have a, we have some other big announcements that I can share with you. Okay. We have our new digital magazine that's coming out. It's called the IJM Dream Magazine, and it's specific to International Junior Mess. It's not outside of International Junior Mess, but it's called the IJM Dream Magazine. It's going to be produced four times a year. So our delegates will highlight them doing their community service um, and them doing appearances and just making a difference um, with their dreams. So that's one excitement thing that we have that we've announced but have not completely announced. We've teased, I should say. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Nikki, I want to just thank you for being a part of tonight's show because um, you are definitely a woman on the rise. I mean, yeah. basically a woman on the top in my eyes. Um, and, you know, oh, I appreciate you. for everything that you've done for us, you know, yeah. in getting our name out and allowing us to be sponsors at your international show. And we really appreciate you for everything that you've done, for being an awesome woman and role model to younger women in our community. Um, is there anything else that you would like to say to our listeners? Well, one thing, though, um, and I know you, you kind of asked, and I didn't get a chance to to um, to say it um, because y- y'all know me, too. I kind of go on a, a talking frenzy and start talking, but I do want to tell your listeners one thing um, that – the girls do win if they win the international finals. I know I talked about cash, um, the scholarships, and things like that. But at International Junior Miss, we do an international trip every year. And this yeah. year, the girls went on a total expense pay trip to London and Paris. So we went a couple of days to London, and um, then we flew to Paris. And this was all covered by the international office. So, you know, um, one of the, most, the proudest moments for me as a director was – taking those girls to the Louvre and standing in front of the Mona Lisa to just be able mm. to see that. You know, that was so. that was just a, a thing that was, you know, I was even touched by that to, to say that my dream came true and then I had an opportunity to share that, the culture of the museum and things like that with the girls that won. And, of course, yes, we did the Eiffel Tower and mm-hmm. the Tower of London and the London Eye and all those fun things, too. But just being a part or getting, giving them an opportunity to see all this history was just um, a proud moment for me as a director. So that's one thing. You know, again, I mean, you can't beat the cash. Uh, mm-hmm. We have one of the largest prize packages um, in pageantry. So, um, and what does your prize package consist of? Well, um, we do have... We do have, again, the cash. So it just depends on the number of girls that's in the pageant. But, um, like, for example, this year we give over $30,000 just to our winners. But then for what we call our optional category competitions, which is like the talent competition, the um, spokesmodel competition, and the modeling competition, each of those division winners win five I'm sorry, $500, which um, actually – puts our cash prizes, and then we give $6,000 away um, at orientation on stage. So we give an extra $1,000 away to one of each of the girls in the division. So you don't even have to win the pageant to win. The very first day when you get there, we do our um, scholarship drawing, and six girls walk away with $1,000. So 
besides that and then, of course, winning those other um, optional categories, you can walk away with a big check and not even win the competition. Right. Right. Wow. And we were there during the excitement when you guys were videotaping, you were dancing. Miss Nikki was on stage dancing. <laughs> dancing. Uh, you can probably catch that online or on my Facebook page. Oh, my Lord, yes. <laughs> But, you know, that's true. When you took them overseas, a lot of these people in Native Iowa, we, we've had contestants that competed who basically they really had to scramble to come up with the money. So winning yes. that pageant and then you giving them the opportunity to go overseas and see and places see the they probably would yes. never have the opportunity to do that. That in itself is um, initiative to to run and stay faithful to your pageantry system. But um, mm-hmm. j- just so everybody can get an idea of how huge this pageant is, how many people did you have compete in this year's international? This year we had close to 300. Um, 300 girls. We had close to 300 at the international level. And, yeah. you know, so it was thousands of girls that competed all throughout the, um, throughout the year to, to qualify to get to international. But um, we had close to 300 this year, and right now, like I was telling you earlier, we already have over 300 um, registered for um, internationals. Wow. And how many prelims do you have? Um, Prelims, I believe we have about 30-ish. Right now, we just added two new ones. We added um, Hawaii Mm -hmm. yesterday. they're coming aboard. I'm excited because I get to go over there. You know, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You, exactly. You and you guys did Australia last year, right? Hawaii in August. Right. Yeah, yeah, I went in August, and um, we have new. Y'all had Australia last year, correct? correct? Nothing. Yeah, we have Australia. They're coming back, and actually, we send in, we're sending our international Miss winner back to Australia in March. Um, expense paid trip for her. Well, all expense paid trip for her. She her airfare, hotel. And just all the arrangements, meals have been taken care of for her to go and um, meet the Australia girls and work with them to bring them back. So we we have an Australia program and a Bahamas program. So um, uh-huh. so the reason I don't know my exact number right now is yeah. we're adding a couple more and a U.K. program. So there's several awesome. programs that's coming um, aboard, and we're excited about that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Nikki, mm-hmm. once again, on behalf of everyone here at the show, Thank you for taking time out to come and talk about the pageantry system. Nate and I always endorse it. Whenever people ask us, we always endorse the system. We believe in it. And once again, thank you for including us in on it. It's really helped our brand. Yeah. No, thank you for having me on your show, and thank you for everything that you do for International Junior Miss. You're it's welcome. been a pleasure. Thank you. You're Have welcome. a good evening. Have a good evening. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you. Wow. That was an awesome interview, right? Yes, it was. And I liked a lot of the points that she had for women. So, Nate, what's up next? Our, our, our next. Our, oh, hey, sorry. Hey, Go hey. ahead, Danielle. You got it. You got it. <laughs> sorry about that. Our next guest is an extraordinary woman. She's a wife, a mother, and a senior vice president at Five Links Enterprise Incorporated. Please welcome to the show, Ms. Monique Garrett. Hey, Ms. Garrett. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm going to start our interview. I have a question for you. When did you choose the direct sales industry to pursue your entrepreneurship? Well, let me see. I've been in direct sales probably about six or seven years. And um, initially it was because 
it just made sense to me. Like I saw an opportunity, it made sense to me, and so I got involved. You know, I'm kind of one of those people, I don't need a big dog and pony show uh, when it comes to making money and when it comes to things that make sense. But as mm-hmm. I've been in the industry for a while, there are a lot of advantages to it. I mean, first of all, uh, there's no brick and mortar. So the cost to get started in direct sales is a lot less expensive than the traditional business. Okay. Also, um, you know, there's a lot of tax advantages. You have a flexible schedule. And with me being a mother and being a wife, I didn't want to be limited in the things that I could do with my children and with my family. You know, I had, when I first got started in the direct sales industry, I had three small kids, and I was working a traditional job for city government. Mm -hmm. And I remember having to ask my boss if I could take off, you know, from work because one of my, you know, my children was sick or something was going on. And, you know, that concept of me having to ask somebody else for permission to take care of my kids just seems kind of ludicrous to me. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, just and it was just kind of one of those things where I'm like, okay, I'm asking you for permission to stay home and take care of my child. And so, you know, what I have found with just being in this industry is that it's it's just great for uh, anyone that's very family-oriented. And, you know, the direct sales industry has actually produced more women millionaires than any other industry. So it's a wow. great industry. Yeah, absolutely it has. It's a great industry. Um, well, you know, because think about it, women, we're very relational. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and direct sales is about the relationships that you build, and that's why women are able to be so successful in this industry. There's no racism, nepotism, sexism, any of those isms in this industry because it's basically about you're going to be as successful as the effort that you put forward. And nine times out of ten, it's a computer that's promoting you and paying you on a program. So no one's looking mm-hmm. and saying, oh, well, she's a black woman. I'm not going to pay her. The computer's like, oh, you know, she she you know her production was at this level, so she's going to get paid at this level. So it's just an industry that, for me particularly, just made a lot of sense, and um, you can make a lot of money. Wow. Hello. 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 Hi, Monique. This is Liz. How are you? I'm doing well. We recently did a show on autism. How's your son, and how do you balance your career, family, and success? And what advice could you give other women that want to pursue their dreams but have family obligations or other commitments? Well, um, thank you for asking about my son. My son's actually doing really, really well. Um, you know, he we probably got a diagnosis a few about a, a month and a half ago, um, after a two year journey of trying to figure out what was going on and we recently got a diagnosis that he has autism. Um, and one thing that I will say is by working in the direct sales industry and because it's so flexible, I was able to be an advocate. I was able to take him to appointments and, and take him to his therapies. And so he's doing a lot better, he's doing great. Um, the advice that I would give other women is that you just have to kind of pick what your passion is. Like what is it that you're passionate about? Why are you doing, you know, what you're doing? And just develop a game plan as to how you're going to accomplish that. And for me, um, I just, I knew that my my family is what drives me. And 
I would just recommend that those women write down what is it that you're passionate about, how can you accomplish it, who are those people that you want to reach out to to help you accomplish it. And what I always say and what we say in direct sales is you have to develop your why. So when you're going to these people and you're asking them to help you or to support you, they need to know why. So for me, what I tell people, I don't use my son's autism as like a banner. I don't use it as a sympathy ploy. But I'll tell them, you know, my son has recently, you know, been diagnosed with, or he's had some, you know, medical concerns or issues, and I'm working this business that I have the flexibility to be able to spend time with my family to be able to take care of his needs. And so that's what I tell people. You know, the Bible says we have not because we ask not. And I think a lot of times uh, as women, sometimes we're afraid to ask for what it is that we want. We're afraid to tell people why we're passionate about what it is that we want and why we need it. So my advice to you is to figure out what it is that you really want to do and then map out how it is that you're going to get there and who are the key players. Awesome. How are you doing, Monique? This is Will. Hey, Will. Hey, Will. Um, so we hear that you have a new book out. I've seen it. Tell our listeners about it, and then what were you, what was your motivation and your inspirations behind it? Well, it's interesting. Um, my husband and I had gone back. I went to the University of Virginia, and right. they had a black alumni weekend. And so we went back there, and I saw – my best friend's brother-in-law, who's several years older than me, graduated several years ahead of me. And so my husband and I, we were just kind of talking to him, and I've always looked up to him. His name is Marlon Smith, and so we were just kind of telling him about, you know, kind of how God was directing us, um, not in a, in a traditional ministry, but just kind of in a ministry to working with couples who are in business together. And I was like, yeah, we're calling it Love and Business. So we just kind of telling them about, you know, we're developing our speaking platform and we really want to, you know, just speak to other couples who are in business together. So a few weeks, uh, about, probably about a, a week or so later, he's calling us and he's just blowing up the phone, right? And so we finally answer and we talk to him and he's like, look, I want I have a program called the Speaker Author Blueprint. It's for people who want to be speakers and who want to be authors. Are you interested in participating? And we're like, sure, it'd be a great, you know, training ground for us to kind of, you know, do what it is that, you know, we're passionate about, which is eventually write a book and speak to other couples. So we go to the program. It's about a seven-week program. And at the end of it, he's like, well, look, I'm getting ready to write a book. He said, I did a book called Voices of Inspiration. I've done a book called, you know, Chicken Soup for the Soul. He was like, he was in the second edition. He said, I'm doing this book. Are you interested in doing a chapter? And we were like, absolutely, like, absolutely. And so it was just a realization for a dream for us. Like, we had said we wanted to do it, but the opportunity had just presented itself at that time. And so we were able to come together as a couple and write a chapter. And But what we realized and what we said is that, again, when you are published, whether it's an article, whether it's an essay, whether it's a book, it gives you credibility. And because we knew we were building our speaking platform, it was just the perfect time for us to write this book it's 23 other authors from all around the world, and it actually is an Amazon bestseller. So now when we come out, we're like we're best-selling authors. You know, we have a best-selling book on Amazon. So this is building to our, you know, resume and our credentials to really go forth and speak. And so it was inspiring to talk to people about pursuing your dreams because so many times when you have a dream or you have something you want to pursue, there are individuals that come along that try to deter you. And so that's kind of what we talk about. It's like when God gives you a vision 
and it's called a passion to grow. It's like God plants that seed in you, and you've got to keep water, but it's got to be planted in good soil, fertile ground. You've got to keep watering it and keep watering it, but along with it are going to be things that come along like weeds and droughts that try to stop you, but you've got to keep pushing, and the more you water it, the more you pursue your dreams, the faster it will grow and the higher they will go until you finally blossom into your full purpose. Right, exactly. Good points, Monique. What is your greatest contribution that if you had to say that you've made thus far to succeeding, what would you think or what would you say that is? Um, you know, I know that I you think... said a lot already, but what, what, <laughs> what if you had to choose one more thing that you've done? You didn't even mention that you are an attorney. I'm surprised you didn't say that, but you have so many things um, that, that you can add to your credentials. But what would be one more thing that you could say is one of your greatest contributions to society? You know, that's that's a good question. I think for me at this point, where I am on my journey in life is right. how I live. It's how I live my life. The example that I set to others, and let me explain to you what I mean. Because I don't wake up every day and say, "How can I impress somebody? What what do I want people to think about me?" But I try to be authentic in everything that I do in my relationship with my children and, you know, my relationship with my friends and in my relationship with my husband. And what I'm finding, like my greatest contribution is me being my authentic self in every relationship that I have because I have people that will say to me, wow, you're such a great mother, you inspire me. I've had married couples, I've had single people say, wow, you and your husband, like you all, you all give me hope because, you know, my husband and I, this is our second marriage. And so, you know, we had we got our practice marriages out the way, and now we're on the <laughs> real thing. And, right. you know, somebody said, you know, I don't know. You know, I look at you and your husband, and it gives me hope. And she said, you know, I don't know what things are like behind the scenes or how real it is, but you all give me hope, and you all make me happy. And I told her, I said, it's real. What you see in public is what you see behind the scenes. And so what I would hope is that I've lived my life up until this point where I inspire and encourage other people and give them hope, you know. Um, Career accomplishments or, you know, things like, you know, law school, an attorney, writing a book, those things are good, but they, they only have like a snapshot in time. But when you can change someone's life, when you can inspire them and give them hope, that's like eternal. Like that goes yeah. on because then they go on and they inspire and encourage somebody else and it begins to spread. So I think that's my greatest. I'll be 40 in January, and um, it's kind of one of those things where I'm rediscovering the Monique, yeah. you know, yeah. and um, and being unapologetic about it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Monique. Do you have any closing words or any um, final words of encouragement to the young ladies out there? Uh, I just would want to say to them is, you know, really take time to get to know you, to know who you are, because when you know who you are and whose you are, you won't compromise, you won't settle. I had a conversation with a woman earlier today, and she was a little bit older than me, and we were talking about relationships, and she said, you know, I feel like I just lost myself. I lost myself and allowed this person to kind of, you know, take over who I am, and I said, I've been there. I said, and then you wake up one day and you're like, I don't know who I am. So what I would encourage the, the young ladies, and no matter how old you are, go back and really search deep and know who you are. And when you know who you are, then you know where you want to go, you know what you will mm-hmm. and what you won't tolerate, 
and you'll and you'll live your just authentic life, and you'll be a lot happier if you just live your life for yourself and who God designed you to be. Great, Monique. Do you do you and your husband have any contact information if people want to get in contact with you, social media or Absolutely. Facebook or anything? Yes. Absolutely. Um, I'm on Facebook as Monique Garrett. Um, you can email me at Mrs. Monique Garrett. M R S. M-O-N-I-Q-U-E-G-A-R-R-E-T-T at gmail.com. And if you want the two of us to come and speak on, you know, balancing love and business, you can email at love, L-U-V-A-N-D-B-I-Z, that's loveandbiz at gmail.com. And my husband's on Facebook as Lester Garrett. Lester Garrett, correct. Yes, we actually Mm -hmm. have, we're producing... um, Men on the Rise, so I'm definitely going to invite him to come on um, to that show as well. But, Monique, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to come on and share your information. I appreciate it so much, um, and hope you'll come back. Hope you'll come back in the future. Oh, thank you, thank you. Anything for you. Thank you, babe. So um, have a good evening, and tell Lester I said hi, and I'll be in contact. I will. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Again, another great guest with great information. I'm loving this all-star panel. But our next guest is a successful TV and radio host, author, and motivational speaker. She has worked in the media and communications field for nearly 30 years. And most recently, she worked at WVEC Channel 13 News Now, um, which is an ABC affiliate in Hampton Roads, Virginia. Um, Her passion is helping baby boomers and middle-aged women 40 years and older in their midlife journey of transformation and reinvention. And she helps women walk through their first, second, and third acts. Her TV show, The Second Act with Benita Adams, is a 30-minute weekly lifestyle show that will engage, inform, and educate women. Her goal for the show is to empower women to make the rest of their life the best of their life. So please help me welcome to the show, Benita Adams. Hello, how are you? I am wonderful. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Thank you for, so much for coming on the show. And Benita, what is this second act? What is this all about? I love talking about the second act. A lot of times people are not so familiar with the term, but when you think about the second act, you think about in life or even theater or a play, a movie, a book or something, you have the first act where the you find out who the characters are and you establish where they work and what they do. And then the second act is everything that's developed, who they become, what by way of the decisions that they've made, the relationships that they have, and where they're going in their lives. And so that's what we think about in life, our first act and our second act. And uh, I like to think of it, sometimes people know the term baby boomers, but I don't like using that term. I like to use the term second actors because it really is that way. And because we live life uh, in a healthy state and because we live a lot longer, we could have a first act that might be from birth through our 20s or so or even 40s. We could have a second act. We could even have a third act because we're living a lot longer. And so that's why I particularly love working with all women, but particularly women 
40 and beyond who are really, they have such a great sense of themselves. And that's what I like about being an older woman. I heard some of the other women say somebody's going to be 40, somebody's going to be 41. I'll be 57 soon. And uh, I am so happy. I love being 20, 30, 40. That was great. But I always tell people, people these 50s are amazing wait till you get here you will love it you will love it too and that's why I love working with older women because sometimes as we get older we know who we are we know what we want our yeses can be yeses our noes can be noes and we're not as afraid because we've lived some life um and had some experiences so that's what I love the whole notion of the second act all right awesome hi Bernita this is Nate how are you doing tonight I am fantastic, Nate. Thanks for having me. Great. Thank you for being a part of this show. Now, you recently cool. written a book. What's the title of I your book and the purpose behind writing it? Well, the book is called the whole my entire brand, everything that goes with the brand. The second act brand is motivational speaking, radio and TV hosting, and being an author. And so the book is called the uh, Reinvent your life in the second act, a guide for women who dare to achieve their dreams. And, wow. and the reason that yeah, I love it, I love it. And just the part about daring to achieve their dreams. All the women you've had on have been so fantastic, and they have dared to achieve their dreams. They have dared to say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to step out on faith and do this thing. And that's what we're talking about, women who are getting out there and they're changing the world. You asked Monique, you know, her, some of her greatest accomplishments, and she was saying the things that change lives. And that's what this really is all about. And so I wrote the book because I wanted to write a book that would be useful and valuable. My whole goal is to be a tool. What I tell people is I want to be kitchenware. And what I mean by that is, you know, the holidays are coming up, and we pull out the good china, you know, grandma's china, mama's china, whatever it is, and we only usually do it in the holidays. And we tell the kids, be careful, don't ever get out to the kids. Don't put it in the dishwasher, you know, that's my special dishes. But then they're wonderful, but then we put them back in the cabinet, and we don't use them to the next holiday. But kitchenware, what do we do? We use it every day. We know it can be chipped. We can give it to the kids. We throw it in the dishwasher. We rinse it by hand. And what it is, it makes it useful. Then it makes us. And, and that is my whole goal, to be, to be kitchenware so that people can handle and use and I can be a benefit. And that's what I want the book to do. Awesome, awesome. And I think that that's a big Go ahead. Hi, Benita. This is Liz. How are you? I'm doing I'm doing great. Thanks. What lessons have you learned in your second act, and what advice could you give someone who's just petrified to begin again? I think what I have so learned in my second act is to accept me warts and all, faults as well as the successes, my failures, and not being afraid to look at myself and say, Benita, you know, you got some good things going on, but you you got some problems, you got some issues. You know, you need to work on these areas. And so I'm not as afraid to be honest with myself and to say I need to 
work on this. I need to address certain issues, those kinds of things. And just being happy with how God made me and not saying, oh, I wish I had more of this. I wish I had less of this. I wish I was this. I wish I was that. I'm like, God, you know what? You gave me everything that I need to be the best Benita that I could possibly be. And so I'm just going to be happy in that. So to answer your question, I think if a person is terrified to start over, I always say with anything you do, you start with the baby steps. And I would say there are three major things that I love the most. And when I go out and I speak, I say these things. One is find out what makes you happy. These aren't the big, huge, gigantic things, world peace and, you know, picking the president next year and stuff like that. It can be little tiny things. I like to cook. I like to draw. I like to work with children. I like to work with seniors. Find out, number one, what makes you happy. Number two, you need to write a personal mission statement. I believe my goal in life is to do what? My personal mission statement is, as it said in my bio that was read, I know that I'm supposed to work with women 40 and beyond so they can live the best, the rest of their life as the best of their life. So number two, write a personal mission that you know what's in you. People say, girl, you are the best cook, or you're so so good and inspiring, or you're good with numbers or math or planning or whatever – Find out with that personal mission statement. And the third thing that I say that's very important is put it on the calendar. We put our hair appointments on the calendar, our doctor's appointments on the calendar, our nail appointments, all those things. Put your life appointments on the calendar. You know the holiday is getting ready to start. You will blink, and it's going to be New Year's Eve. We won't blink. It's going to be New Year's Eve. And then it's going to be New Year's Day. It's going to be 2016. And we said, you know what? In 2016, I'm going to do so and so and so and so. And if you don't put it on the calendar to say, I'm really going to do it, it's going to be New Year's, New Year's Day 2017. And you still will not have done that thing. Why? Because you didn't put your life appointment yourself as a priority, and that is not selfish. That is not selfish to put yourself as a priority. So right. find out what makes you happy. Write that personal mission statement and put your dates of your appointments of where you want to be on the calendar. Keep looking at it. Say, you know, in three months I'm going to do that. I'm going to take a class. I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to start that business. I'm going to do this in my relationships. And you will find that you will start. So those are baby steps, but they're very important baby steps. I encourage you to go with it. I really do. Great advice. And that is such. I was about to say, that is such sound advice, and I remember hearing you give it previously, and I did implement a lot of those things, so they were very, very helpful. (laughs) I'm so pleased. Well, good luck in the new year, because there's so many wonderful things. I always tell people, I get excited about a new new year, but I get excited about a new week, month, or even a new day. Just think, tomorrow's Monday, and we get a whole new week to get it all right, so I'm excited about it. (laughs) <laughs> what, what other projects are you working on, and how can our listeners keep in contact with you? Well, I think one of the best ways to keep in contact with me is on my website. It's simply my name, BenitaAdams.com. That's B-E-N-I-T-A, BenitaAdams.com. And it tells you more about the show. Uh, the TV show, we're on hiatus right now because we're revamping and doing some very interesting and exciting things. And so it talks about that. We'll be upgrading the uh, the website very soon about when the book is coming out, which actually comes out wow. in about four weeks. 
Um, and so those projects, and we're looking at a radio project as well. So, And I'm getting out there more in the community, speaking more, doing a little traveling, and we're going to have a book tour. So when the book comes yeah. out, I will you know, a book tour. We're going to a lot of different places, book signings, and we'll tell you more about that when it gets a little bit closer. Awesome. Well, again, Benita, thank you, because like you said, life is full. We can all have a second act, third, fourth, fifth. <laughs> It continues. <laughs> it does. It keeps going, and it does get better. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, and so much success in everything that you're doing. Okay. Thank you, again. I, I really had a good time. Bye-bye. Awesome. Bye-bye. Wow. I mean, that's encouraging. I you know, a lot you of can't get no better than that. Well, you know, a lot of times people look at getting older as something so dreadful, but... I like the idea of a second act. Yes. Now, now, what do we have? Who do we have? I should say next, Liz. And we just saw well, this person a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> well, Alicia, I'm very pleased to welcome our next guest. Um, they are a dynamic mother-daughter duo, described as a gifted visionary. Dr. Juanita Fletcher has been commended for her inept ability to look past the problems of today straight into the possibilities of tomorrow. Dr. Fletcher not only oversees day-to-day operations as the chief editor, as the, I'm sorry, editor-in-chief of Aki Magazine, an international publication, but she is also the director of the charity Aki Women Supporting Women Association. Alongside her is her daughter, the creative director and photographer of Ikea Magazine. So, you guys, please help me welcome Dr. Juanita Fletcher and Nisha Fletcher. Hello. Thank you for having me. Hello. How are you today? Oh, fine. Okay, so our first question, what is Ikea Magazine? What brought about the idea to create an award show? Um, it's Achi Magazine, and um, is Tanisha on here as well? Hello? Hello? I believe we're getting her on now. Okay. All right. Um, well, Achi Magazine is, and we say an international magazine because we are a digital magazine. It's fashion and lifestyle magazine focused on women of all races, all backgrounds, all cultures, all religions. Um, A lot of times people would like to believe that the magazine is of one race, but we are a very diverse magazine, and that's what our focus is. The charity, um, Achi Women Supporting Women, came about through the magazine. Um, For me, the magazine was pretty much created – as a dream of my daughter's. And from there, I told her if I was going to be a part of it, I needed um, something of substance. So I created the charity, which would um, encompass my dreams and my visions. Yes. (laughs) Hello. Nika, you can can, um, pick up on that about the horse. (laughs) We now live in different states, so now when we get on the phone, it's like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead, Nisha. I was just telling her about Achi Magazine and how it came about. 
Yeah, so, and like she said, um, it's a fashion lifestyle magazine, and uh, one thing I love about the charity, aside from the main thing about the magazine where we bring all different women together, I like the charity so much because now it's another way for us to kind of, you know, create different events and things of that nature where we really can actually bring the women together now. Uh, with the magazine, it was kind of a way for everybody to kind of converse with each other and, you know, kind of have that conversation via online and, you know, that way. But now with the charity, we can actually host different events where we can now not only have it online, but now our women can actually come together and, you know, meet face-to-face and have conversation and really, you know, have a chance to talk about whatever different conversations come up and, you know, whatever different things that we try to cover on. Because we always try to, you know, bring all of our women together and really just create a community. And that's really what I like about the connection between the charity and the magazine. Ladies, this is Danielle. First, I want to thank you for the opportunity to be a presenter at the Aichi Awards this year. It was my first experience, and I felt the love from the moment I walked in the door, and I was excited to be a part of the ceremony, and I just want to thank you for allowing me to present. My question to you both is how do women become nominated to be in the awards or or become uh, nominated for the awards is what I'm trying to say. Um. You can go ahead, Mom. You can go ahead. There's several ways of being nominated. Um, sometimes it's just the public because anybody can be nominated. So a lot of times, um, just some woman that you have inspired in some way will nominate mm-hmm. you. But Tanisha and I also keep our eyes open for any women who are making moves in the community. If you're doing something out there, we want to know. So we've had some women come to us um, through their business partners. Through, I mean, some are nominated by their mother, or some of them are nominated through their employees. But mm-hmm. sometimes I will see that you're doing something and nominate you myself. So it just depends on, uh, you know, what kind. If you're if you're actually doing something, it's going to be noticed. Yeah, a lot of our women are um, big community women. So mm-hmm. they're they're getting praise from large groups of women. So when we see the nominations come in, it's not just like one person randomly nominates this particular person. It's usually like 20 or 30 of them, and that's kind of how it happened, especially this year. Because, you know, the first year we had a few of them. We had maybe oh, like five or two that nominated one person. But this year it really has escalated because it was just an overwhelming amount of women coming in. We were trying to keep up with, you know, getting on different posts mm-hmm. and stuff out, and we were just kind of going crazy because it was just like a large amount of women, and I think it's because, you know, each year we're just trying to do it and make it better each time, and it was just um, kind of surprising to see so many more additional women hear about it and kind of come out and want to really be a part of it, and I think we were just both taken back and taken by surprise and also really excited about what God's doing, so it was just, you know, it, that, and that's also like, we're, you know, a big part of when the nominations and all that come in. It's just been a really exciting process. Yeah, and it felt like sisterhood. I felt like everyone was part of of a sisterhood kind of movement. Uh, do you only nominate individuals in the Tidewater area? No. Um, last okay. year, one of our winners was from North Carolina, but we this year we expanded as far as Atlanta. Now I don't know if it's because um, I moved here, but we had mm-hmm. a lot of people that were even nominated from Atlanta. So we're spreading out. We always did say that it was Hampton Roads and beyond. So mm-hmm. but we didn't we left it open that way, not knowing how far God would expand us. 
Yeah. That's outstanding. Uh, what were some of the highlights of this year's show? Uh, for me, because Tanisha said she couldn't really remember since she was a director. For me, the first highlight was um, this year we gave away, um, I tried to give away 50, but we gave away 44 tickets to teenage girls between 13 and 16 that were a part of um, group homes, foster care, um, any type of uh, girl empowerment groups, things of that nature. And a lot of the girls got to see the women on stage, see the women working together because for me, I know that when I was young, it took me to see that there was something different than what I seen every day. And that's why it was important that those girls came and were able to witness so many different type of women and such um, camaraderie amongst the women. Nobody's backbiting because, you know, nowadays all we see is what's on TV with these reality shows, and you would think that women are always fighting. And it was important mm-hmm. for me to let them see something different. So that was one of my biggest highlights. Also, um, one of my highlights was seeing the group of diverse women on stage. We mm-hmm. had not only different races. We had black, white, Filipino, um, we had Spanish. We had so many, oh, I'm sorry, Latino. We had so many different women, but they were also women. We had lawyers. We had doctors. We had mm-hmm. um, the commissioner of Virginia, the Latino commissioner of Virginia Beach. We had so many different women from different walks of life. That was important, and that was a real highlight for me. Um, another highlight was awarding my mentor, the um, Living Legend Award, Dr. Um, Katie Davis. Um, a lot of people don't think that teaching is that big um, of a deal, especially when you look at how much they're paid. But it was important because this woman, um, throughout her life, she had poured into me so much and helped to develop the woman that I am today because she gave back. And that was something that was important to me to be able to award her. And also uh, receiving the award that I um, received, I'm not one – I don't really like awards. I'll give them out to people because I'm a giver, but I don't like, um, I really don't like that to be put on the spot like that. But I do um, appreciate um, Reverend Glenda Kelly and Latrice Carter um, giving me an award and awarding my daughter because she is now starting to come into her own as a woman. And it's important that she's recognized outside of my shadow. So that was really nice for them to recognize her and her accomplishments as she continues to grow. Yeah, that was a good surprise. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Well, Dr. Fletcher, I tell you, Nisha, you guys were the reason for me creating this show tonight because I was so moved by the camaraderie of the women. And as you said, Dr. Fletcher, with everything going on on TV with the um, housewives or whoever wives mm-hmm. fighting, you do think <laughs> that's all women do is fight. But and I'll tell you one thing that I really loved about the Archie Awards show was the um, affirmation that they did uh, at the beginning. I thought that was phenomenal. I don't know who thought of that, but I just yeah. thought that was phenomenal. To not even, even if, because it, it goes to the fact of just being nominated meant so much to so many of the, those women. Not even if they didn't take the award home, they still was able to get on stage and be sh- be highlighted, and I thought that was mm-hmm. such an awesome display of sisterhood and woman um, from you guys, and I just thought that was awesome. So what is the ultimate message that Archie Magazine and the award show um, like to display? 
Um, for well, as far as Achi Magazine, I feel like the ultimate message for the magazine is community, and we really just wanted to create like a safe place for women to come together. And you know, despite whatever differences, whatever statuses, whatever, we just wanted to you know be that place, that common ground for all women to kind of come together and really become that community. Like that's really like you know the overall thing when it comes to for me for Achi Magazine. I feel like that's the ultimate thing. For um, the award show itself, because the award show was my baby, um, the ultimate the ultimate message of it is that we what we do as women matters more than what we think. As for me growing up, I was the oldest of my um, siblings and the oldest of all the grandchildren. So I was raised with the understanding that I what I did, everybody else would follow. Um, I was I had that understanding that I had to lead by example. What I did, my sisters would follow my example. So for me, the award show is more than about the person who is actually receiving the award. It's about mm-hmm. the people who are watching you, watching how you receive your award or how you don't receive an award. They're watching how you, whatever your dream is, how how you go after it, how you are how you handle your successes and your failures, everything. And then it's and, and ultimately I want to let people understand and let the women understand that what you're doing is not a thankless job. It's really not. Mm-hmm. Because your thank you comes in the people who follow you. Yeah, when perfect. when I look back at the women who mentored me and who poured into me, you know, my the award show is my way of saying thank you. And exactly. it gives an opportunity for so many other women to just say thank you. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. So this is Will. How can our listeners follow you, number one? How can they keep up? I know you're doing so much and you guys are moving all over. I think your other daughter's in California, I believe, and then you have someone yes. here, someone maybe going to another area. How can people follow you to keep up with what's going on with Achi? Well, we actually have a free-to-download, a free-to-download sorry, app. And it's Achi, A-C-H-I, Mag, M-A-G, and that's all one word. And you can download it iPhones or um, on your Android app. Um, and, it's you know, it's free. And you can also visit our website, uh, com. And um, we actually have it set up where you can actually subscribe. And we send, we try to send out monthly newsletters or every two weeks. So it just varies um, for what events we have going on. But that's, like, the best way to keep up with us as well as following our Facebook, um, Achi Magazine, where we usually have most of our constant, you know, everyday things happening. We post it on our um, Facebook or our Instagram. Great. Also, um, our show, the from the award show, it will be highlighted on um my TVZ on December 5th at 10 a.m. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. So can you sure guys give us like a, sneak, a sneak peek of what's next for Archie? What can we look forward to to seeing in the, in the near future from you? Our next event that we have, um, which we do two events annually every year, or sorry, annually, and um, it's our NFDC. Um, the fashion designer competition, and it's oh, going to be a little bit revamped, but um, that's where we coming back to that. It'll be sometime in June. May or June. Okay. Okay. I know okay. one of those months. So yeah, coming up. It's going to be in the summertime though. Great, and it's going to be held in DC this year. Oh really? Oh, that's yeah, we're moving to DC, and um, 
aside from the events, because our next the award show again will be November sixth of next year at the same location at the um, Chrysler Hall mm-hmm. Kaufman Theater. It's, we already have that scheduled for November sixth, so the no, um, nominations will soon be opening up again for women to be nominated. But the biggest um, thing for us now is to get settled into our new locations. As you said, that we are um, in the middle of transitioning. I'm here now in Atlanta, and Tanisha will be in New York in December. And Natasha is already in Los Angeles now, so we're just waiting to get her settled. And so that's been a, a big part while we're doing the show and putting together the show. We have been working on trying to transition so that we can cover more ground by being in main cities. So exactly. that's our biggest thing. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I, I personally want to thank you, too, for including me. I know it's actually about supporting other women, but for including me and um, judging this year, also for doing makeup for a couple of your magazines and being uh, the beauty editor for Achi Magazine. I want to thank you for the opportunity mm-hmm. and always including me. Um, I love being associated with things that represent excellence. And every time you guys oh, do something, you. it's talked about and it's wonderful. So I want to thank you for coming by the show. And hopefully you can guys can come back later on and tell us some more um, interesting things that you're doing there at Achi. Awesome. Thank you so much thank for you. having us. You're welcome. You're welcome. Have a good evening. You too. You too. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Anytime you hear anything that is associated with Achi, in my experience, it's always been extremely good. First, first really class. Have. First class. Yeah, it has. But last but definitely not least, our very own, the Alicia Brown. She is the joy guru. So she um, She is an author, a motivational speaker, and she is a radio and media personality. In her own words, she is destined to live, designed to inspire, and divinely positioned for such a time as this. Please welcome to the show our very own, the very beautiful and frustrating, Miss Alicia Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show, Boo. How are you? You know what? You don't have family, do you? But it's all right. I that is how you. family do you. We ain't heard from you in a minute. I know. <laughs> About how 20 is seconds. Here? Quiet. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Nothing but love for you, Will and Nate. Nothing but love. Nothing but, but love. No, Hallelujah. I have to give you your props. You are a woman who hustles. Like I was telling you last week. Oh. Every time I look on Facebook, you're always somewhere making moves. So I just wanted to say publicly that I am extremely proud of you, that you have branched out. And I know before you came on the show, you know, you were talking about things that you wanted to do. But to see you actually stepping out and doing those things and God opening doors Don't for you is just really Jesus. wonderful. Oh, Jesus. So let's move forward. Then. What is Alicia oh, Brown LLC, and why did you start this business? Well, first of all, Will, thank you. Um, Nate, thank you for putting me on this roster, this impressive roster of women. Um, and, of course, Will, thank you for giving me the space to talk about the LLC. Um, Alicia Brown LLC is the corporate entity under which I serve. Um, primarily as an author's consultant and coach, an editor, as well as a motivational speaker. Um, and for that entity, the mission statement is, helping each recipient realize the power of his or her voice and connect that to his or her brand, platform, passion, or mission. Because according to my vision statement, by the power of one, ignite the flame within and illustrate ways each one can reach many 
and be an effective, positive change agent in this world. Wow. Well, it's important. Alicia, it is important. Well, Alicia, your brand name is Alicia Brown, the Joy Guru, as Will stated. Tell yes. us what that means and how did you get that name? I get asked that all the time. And, and the short answer to that is it comes straight from the lips of God. Um, I remember, and it was just really a year ago, he was lighting a fire in me to publish the first book. Um, the first book was something I have dreamed of doing for over 20 years. Um, and I was just being really slow about it. And anyway, he, he, he motivated me, and it was one of those things, you're sitting on your anointing, you need to go ahead and do it. So me being the wise Alec that I am, okay, you want me to do this, what am I supposed to call myself? And that's when he put in my spirit, Alicia Brown, the joy guru. And, you know, for me, when you use the word guru, that's someone that's old, that's someone that or at least has some age. But then he led me to look up that word guru. And by definition, it's a spiritual teacher, especially one who imparts initiation or the beginning of something. And when I thought about the fact that one of the rewards from surviving uh, my childhood abuse experience to me was unspeakable joy, that was something I had been operating in and walking in and encouraging others for years and really didn't realize it. Um, So, you know, after surrendering, the name really does fit, and it's more than just a brand. It's actually my passion. It's actually my mission um, in life. Alicia, Alicia, this is Danielle. Hey, Danielle, boo. You you know me, you know me, but you know. And you spend time on the show talking about your your childhood abuse, and you just mentioned it a few moments ago, um, and being a survivor of abuse. And I wanted to know, and our listeners would like to know, um, after all those years of childhood abuse and all those constant thoughts of suicide, how have you been able to transition to the space that you are in right now? You know, it hasn't been easy. And so many times we look back and we don't have a clue. You know, when you really put it together, how did you survive that and how are you in the position where you are now? Um, Writing and reading were my solace. You know, I Mm -hmm. always gained strength when I read stories of people like Maya Angelou and and, uh, and Oprah and their, you know, experiences. And the darkest of times, that did give me strength. Um, Of course, you follow that with the Bible because I had a very strong Christian upbringing. Um, But one of the things also I was gifted with is the ability to write. Um, I always journaled. I always wrote poetry because oftentimes, In situations, you don't verbally feel that you have a voice. You don't feel strong. You don't feel that you have power. And also also victims are made to feel weak. But -hmm. when you have that power of the pen, you can say anything, you can express anything without fear of harm or danger. Um, So that was one of the things that I always did. I wrote things on paper, and it was a form of therapy for me. Um, But now I work on the other side of that with my authors and potential authors. You know, I always say it starts as a book, but it's not really about a book. You know, you have these ideas or you have these things you've written or you have a story that you want to put into print. Um, But as you go through that process to write it, as you go through that process to have a printed form um, that you want published, 
it's very therapeutic for you. And the beautiful thing about literature is it also heals someone else. Um, So, you know, when we look around in the world with us today, we look at all the events and tragedies that are occurring. So many of us have been through things that we can give those lessons. We can share that knowledge with someone else. Um, So one of the things I share with people, there is a call, there is a purpose for so many things that you've been through. And the worst thing you can do is sit on that and not give it to an audience that is waiting on you. And I know that from firsthand experiences because I've had too many great women and leaders who poured into me and pushed me, propelled me, and said the same thing. And, you know, sometimes you don't get it till you just do it and you walk through it. Um, but you owe that. You owe that to the world, and you owe that to the people out there that you can strengthen, like many others did for me and pulled me out of those dark moments to live another day. Hey, Alicia. It's Liz. Hey, Liz. I have to have hey, my girl. you, people. Okay. <laughs> So we saw you at this year's Auntie Awards, both as a presenter and double nominee. So what was that experience like for you? And I know you mentioned you have a funny story that goes along with it. (laughs) Yes, I will keep it brief because I know the hour is short. But, yes, um, it was so humbling. And the funny story was I remember last year when they did the first year, and I knew different people I had followed and some acquaintances, and I was so happy for them. And I said to myself, you know, wow, one day I'm going to have a business and I'm going to do something so noteworthy that someone's going to nominate me for an award. Of course, in my head, I'm thinking, you know, five, ten years from now, whatever. And then it was just like I opened the mail, had the red envelope, read two categories, and I said, is my name Alicia Brown? I think my name's Alicia Brown. This looks like my address. Okay. It was just amazing. Um, which shows you the power of words, but at the same time, to be in that room with all of those women, and I think you guys touched on it earlier, there was no competition, there was no backbiting, everybody was happy for everybody, and no one walked away feeling like you lost. It was just a pleasure. It, It was an award in itself to be among those women. And, of course, on the media side, to be able to present an award Next to Mr. Will Strayhorn, that was awesome. So I really enjoyed that, and just just so grateful for the opportunity. Great. So, Alicia, how can our listeners um, follow you? What are some of your social media, and if you have a website? I was going to say, well, you know, you can listen to me every Sunday at 830 <laughs> on Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. That's yeah. on Blog Talk Radio. You can go to Let's Face It Radio, but you know what? Beyond that, um, <laughs> I always tell people you can go to thejoyguru.net. I'm on pretty much every social media account, Pinterest, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. But that website, thejoyguru.net, will have all of my links to my social media accounts, um, so you can click on there and follow me. Um, It will also have uh, information about my two books, which are both on Amazon, Creative Space, and all the major retailers. So thejoyguru.net and you can follow me on all my social media accounts and what I'm doing. Great, great. Well, Alicia, thank you. And, you know, you'll be here next week. So thank you for coming on and just sharing this other half of what you do. All right? Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. Is she going to hang up on me now? No, 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 no. (laughs) 
but we do want everyone to tune in next week. Uh, we have a great yeah. show. It's mainly going to be a lot of hot topics. There are a lot of things that we've been um, talking about amongst ourselves through the past um, couple of weeks. And we do have a special guest coming in, Mr. Nathaniel J. From He's a native of Delaware. He's a hairstylist of over 13 years. And he's really one of these movers and shakers in our industry that I like to acknowledge. He's going to be coming to the table to share some of his feelings and experiences and also interview um, some of the guests with us. And then we have yeah. Ms. Tawana Williams. She's unarmed and dangerous. Her story is phenomenal. Um, she was born with <laughs> born with no arms, and um, her legs were dysfunctional, as well as Mr. Domingo Guten. He's coming on to talk about, um, he's a Christian filmmaker. Oh, 